Hey, 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 this is Dr. Sue in Atlanta Town. How you guys doing? It is always such a pleasure to be back. I just absolutely love this. This is Pivot to Greatness, the podcast where we are all about you. We believe that greatness is your birthright. Own it. We don't try to tell you what that is or how to make it happen. We're just here to support you. On Pivot to Greatness, we bring you all kinds of content. We bring you videos and movies and books and articles and quotes. And we talk about the how, how you can use that information to tap into your true self and become your great you. We also bring you some deep conversations with some phenomenal people from around the world. Now, here's the thing. All of our guests are just like you. They, have, they are ordinary people who have made an intentional decision to live extraordinary lives. And so they're going to share with you their stories, their ups and their downs. They'll talk about their accomplishments, but they'll also tell you about those times that they questioned and they wondered, what next and can I make it? And here's the thing though, they will never, ever, ever leave you in the dip or in the valley. They're gonna show you how they came out. They're gonna give you some tips, some advice, some encouragement on how you can do the same thing too. And so I am so excited, so excited to present to you our guest today. Nicola is from the UK. Yes. Nicola Mercer. Hi, Nicola. How are you? Hi, Dr. Sue. I'm really good. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. I'm so excited to have you as a guest. Um, as I was sharing with you beforehand, when I read your submission, I, I just resonated with you on so many levels, uh, having been in a profession or, or served an organization for so long. And then all of, all of a sudden, in your words, I became redundant. And I thought, wow, what a way, what a way to go, what a way to think. I hadn't thought about myself in that way, but you know, that's kind of sort of what happened with me as well. I became redundant in that process. So I know that that could not have been easy. But before we get into that, hey, y'all, that's going to be the deep, deep, deep conversation. Before we get into that, tell us a little bit about who you are and where you came from. How did you get to be this great person that you are? (laughs) Thanks, Dr. Sue. So, yeah, I'm Nicola Mercer and I'm from the UK. So if anybody knows the UK at all, I'm from a place near Newcastle, which is on the northeast coast. And we get all of the uh, not so nice weather here in the northeast of England. And um, yeah, I'm a mum to one. So I've got a daughter who's just about to turn 14. So she's uh, yeah, in the teenage interesting years. And Um, I've recently launched my own health and wellness coaching business called Life Now Coaching. And as you alluded to, I had a corporate career for a long time. I worked in corporate for about about 23, 24 years. And I'd been at Nike for 20 years and was made redundant from Nike earlier in 21. So I've had about... um, yeah, almost a year now of a huge change and leaving the corporate world behind to become an entrepreneur, which still feels quite strange saying it out loud. Um, yeah, it's been a really interesting time. Um, 
before corporate, I used to work in the airline industry. So I actually traveled quite a lot. I was cabin crew for Virgin Atlantic. And then I worked for one of your American airlines, Continental Airlines, who are now part of United. Um, used to work for those guys and did a lot of travel to Houston. And I absolutely love the US. I've holidayed there a lot, as well as travel for business. And just, yeah, I, I love exercise. I'm a qualified personal trainer as well, which is part of the story over the last um, year. So, yeah, just trying to really embark on this great new career and, you know, work with lots of women to help them have happier and healthier lives and just trying to, you know, get um, my message out there and, and share the passion that I have to help women feel and live healthier. Wow, you have had quite a career, so diverse in terms of your experiences. But let's go back because, you know, on this show, one of the things we want to do for our audiences is to let them know that change happens. Y'all, we know change happens. And it's not the change that's so important, it's how you respond to it. And so this last part of your career, before you shifted into personal training and, and began to build this new great you, and you learned that, oh my God, I'm redundant. Oh my God, I'm, I've been here for 20 years. And now, now what? Take us back into that because emotionally that had to be traumatic. What, what was that like? Yeah, it was a really difficult time. Um, so obviously the world changed for everyone when COVID first struck and that really disrupted the way that I worked for Nike. So um, I used to travel a lot at, at Nike in the job that I had. I used to go to London. Mm -hmm. It's about three hours on the train from where I live. And I was regularly in London most weeks. I had a really busy job and, and lifestyle. Um, you know, just always active and, and always very dynamic in the role that I was in. Then COVID hit and we all went to home working. So, it, you know, changed a lot. The company changed. Um, it kind of was business as usual, just without the office and without traveling. But then as COVID progressed and things really changed, Nike started to change things internally. And that led to a big global restructure, which unfortunately meant a lot of people's jobs changed or were made redundant. So, you know, I had no idea that I was going to be impacted um, initially. And then when it started to play out and I knew that, my role was impacted I, I was really scared because I was the main earner in my family mm -hmm. and I'd never really felt as though I had any choice to think about a career change or leaving Nike you know I'd been there for for 20 years and it was very secure it felt secure I wasn't mm -hmm looking to leave I didn't feel ready to leave but it became apparent that you know with the changes and and where things were going to be that um my job no longer existed as it had been and and yeah it brought up so many fears you know the first thought was uh, there's no way that I can go out and start looking for jobs I don't want to be interviewed I, I, I haven't got the confidence to sit and be interviewed um mm. because where I live in the UK as well, I felt as though there would be far fewer options because in 
you know, there are some biggish companies around where I live, but nothing like Nike. Mm-hmm. And, you know, London is, is the main city in England. And, and that's where, you know, you have so many options of different, you know, big global brands, because that, from what I described at the intro, that's the kind of companies I've always worked for. I've been really lucky to be part of many very, you know, successful global brands. So just lots of, of fear, nerves, uncertainty, um, and also, you know, I know I'm not old, but I'm four, 45. And that was something that came into play was, you know, I, I'm a woman, 45, living in an area where there are not very many big companies or brands. And mm-hmm. um, how, how do I start again? You know, yeah. I felt as though I was not defined maybe, but, you know, that I was definitely very much Nike in what I lived and breathed and knew. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, really uncertain. Um, but as things started to progress and it all happened very quickly over you know literally a couple of months I started to get this kind of sense of clarity that actually maybe this is what's meant to be maybe you know maybe this is an opportunity because I, I can actually take some time to look at what else I would like to do and work out I didn't have any great plan but one of the things that I've always been interested in and dreamt about was writing my own book so the, the only kind of plan I had on actually leaving Nike was I'm going to start and write a blog about the redundancy journey I didn't know how to publish a blog I had no idea I had no no actual history of writing since I, I was at school and in university so yeah, I started to, to write uh, about the redundancy journey. I did nothing with it because I didn't know how to get it out there. Um, and gradually I learned how to set up a website and put the blog mm-hmm. on. I decided to take the opportunity to qualify as a personal trainer because I was you know, massively into exercise, which I, I'll talk about, I'm sure, as we go through the interview. You know, and I've needed exercise in my life to help me so yeah things just started to progress and without having a grand plan eventually you know I thought well how can I how can I make a living from writing a blog becoming Mm -hmm. a personal trainer I'd had it you know quite quite a a well-paid job how can I monetize what it is I'm thinking about and eventually I you know worked it out to launch my own business and be a health and wellness coach and um, you know look at health and wellness very holistically and try mm. to help women build new habits and get that happy healthy life that they're you know often really struggling to build for themselves so yeah that, that's kind of the story of, of what happened through the redundancy to where I am now with the business you've said so much so much and I am just I feel so connected I, 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 you know, as you're talking, I'm hearing myself, I'm seeing myself. I'm sure that some of the listeners are as well. Um, one of the things that stands out for me is you were hit with this challenge. I'm like, my, you know, I've had to stable life. I have had this quote unquote illusion. We don't think of it, of it as an illusion, but I've had the illusion of security that I was going to be with this company or a company like this until I decided that I didn't want to do it anymore. But here all of a sudden, 
that choice is taken away, away from you. And so then the question is, now what do I do? I know when I left the university in 2015, I was a little angry because I, I left of my own choice, but I felt like I was also being forced out because the university decided to go with a different vision. And it wasn't one that I chose to be on board with. And so I thought I could either stay in that space and be unhealthy, unhappy, hating it every day, or I could jump and I jumped and I went, oh God, what have I done? That's <laughs> like, you know, because again, I didn't have a, a roadmap. I had some things that I was thinking about doing. I had begun to study energy healing and Reiki and some other things. You know, I'm putting these plans loosely in my mind. I've got a five year drawdown plan in mind, but now I'm into year two, just getting started and I'm having to make this decision. I can't stay here for my health. I always think I believe this to my soul. The body knows. The body tells you when it's time to come. The body tells you when it's time to go. At least mine does. And so I began to have major health issues. And I thought, you can stay here and, 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 and ride this out. And there's no telling what it will be like for you health-wise at the end of five years, or you can take your chances now. That was a scary thing because for me, not only did it mean, oh my God, the income that I was accustomed to, that's gone. And so I am starting basically from scratch. And you know, for you, it was being the, the breadwinner for your family. Well, I'm my family, I'm the breadwinner. I am all of it and I don't have a plan, right? And so I, I just want to emphasize with the listeners that you have to take everything into consideration. And I'm not telling you to jump without a plan. Sometimes life forces you into that situation and you have to make a choice, right? And sometimes you have the luxury of being able to plan it out. Whatever works for you, the one thing that I'm going to encourage you to do, tap into your greatness. What is this thing that you have always wanted to do? What is this thing that Perhaps you see other people doing and your heart jumps and you think, I can do that. I want to do that. But then my little girl called fear sits on my left shoulder and she pops up and says, you can't do that. You can't do that. So, Nicola, did you have fear popping up for you? And how did you, you know, what did you tell, tell her? How did you deal with that? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, so many questions and moments of doubt and really wondering, I was having some kind of midlife crisis, you know, walking away and, and not having a job, not having security, not having a grand plan, as you say. And you mentioned age, which is a really big thing. Yeah. And 45 is not old, but we know that in the world's eyes, it's not young either. So another concern. Yeah, and, and although, you know, age doesn't always have any role to play, it is a reality and it is something that a lot of women do, you know, put pressure on themselves because of. And, you know, you see, especially where I worked at Nike, we saw really strong, capable young people coming into the business who, are, you know, I was old enough to be their parent. And you would, 
you know, naturally you'd start to think about your own abilities yeah. and your age comes into it and so on. So yeah, to think about age and I, I had so many moments of fear leading up to leaving and then after and all of the way through these last, you know, kind of 10 months, so many moments of, oh my God, is, is this going to work? Am I going to be able to make a living? You know, will I get the money that I want to get to, you know, try and match the salary that I had or can I do better? And yeah, just so many different emotions and feelings. And, you know, being somewhere for 20 years, it, it, you know, going to work every day, it becomes such a part of who you are and your identity that, you know, you are separated from it. And it's, it's almost like a breakup because you don't necessarily see it and feel it at the time. But anyone who's in a job is spending a lot of their waking hours there. And, you know, you, you build habits and routines and things that you don't think about that are really a part of who you are and how you feel. So, yeah, there was a lot to detach from and work through. One of the things that I had to do, and perhaps you did too, is acknowledge that that is a loss, mm -hmm. loss in all caps. And it is a huge loss equivalent to a death of sorts. And so I had to go through a grieving process. And a part of, a part of my grieving was anger anger at the situation, anger at the institution, but anger at myself that I didn't plan better or I should have seen this coming or why didn't I do this or why didn't I do that? And so I beat up on myself significantly for about six months before I had to say, before I had my aha moment in terms of saying, okay, so I can stay in this space and be a victim or I can rise up and began to be a victor. And I want you to know, listeners, that wasn't easy. It was not easy coming to that point. I, I had to do a lot of soul searching. I had to do a lot of life coaching. I had to do a lot of talking, but more listening to friends who were supportive and could help me see things that I couldn't see to let me know, because there was a part of me that went into this, I'm not good enough, I don't know enough, I'm not smart enough, nobody's gonna hire me, da 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 what am I gonna do, oh my God, I'm gonna wake up homeless, da 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 I, I just, I experienced all of that. And my friend, not not this one, this was the, the naysayer over here, the, but this one said, think about all of the successes, think about, Think about your history. Think about where you've been. Think about the other times in your life when you didn't think you would make it. Think about the hurdle of getting into law school and navigating that successfully, of getting a PhD. But even more importantly, that think about all of those situations in your life with relationships. And I, I began to look at what I call my success journal, right? And that was when I started to go into that really negative, oh my God, I can't do this space. That was one of the things that helped me to come back up out of it and say, no, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to get up every day and I'm going to keep moving. Every day I'm going to do one thing, at least one thing that moves me closer toward a goal. And in the beginning, that was just 
one the, the one thing was getting clear clear on well who is the me that I be really because as you said so much of my identity was tied to the job to the profession and now all of a sudden I'm having to look inside and discover who am I without that job without that label so back to you now you you are no longer with your company and you are in the space of having to pivot. So talk about the pivot. Yeah, so, you know, I think there was a moment when I just had this overwhelming sense of empowerment that I've never felt before. Mm -hmm. I've struggled with mental health issues and some physical health issues for, for well over 25 years. And I've always beat myself up. I've always put myself down, really lacked self-confidence and self-love and worked on it. You know, I've always tried to improve it. But something just changed. Like, it was almost like a switch had been flicked once I, I knew that I was going to be leaving and, I, and then I left. That I thought, this is my opportunity. And I realised that I'd felt very trapped when I was at work because mm -hmm. I was tied to needing to earn that money. I knew that I didn't have a choice to ever really choose to walk away because what if I went into a new job and then I hated it and I had to leave or right. they got rid of me after a year and there was no backup, you know, um, because I was new there. So I don't know, something happened where I thought, this is it. And, and I think... In all honesty, if COVID hadn't happened, I'm not sure that I would have had those thoughts and strength that I did have because mm -hmm. not long before COVID, I lost, unfortunately lost my my mum. She died quite suddenly and she, she was only in her late 60s. Um, COVID obviously came and changed a lot of things for from pretty much everyone mm -hmm. in the world. Um, and I think it brought a lot of life reflection as well. And then I had a really bad accident where I broke my wrist and had to have an operation to put a metal plate into it. And that, that was just a few months before I was made redundant. And I think there'd been an accumulation of things happened that made me think I, I'm really not living life the way that I want to. And I don't feel like I know who I am anymore. So when that when I was made redundant and I started to feel like it, it was an opportunity rather than, you know, a, a, um, a catastrophe, I, I really did start to just feel empowered and think, right, oh my God, you know, I've got one life and I've been trying so hard for so long to become healthier, to have better well-being, to enjoy life more, to feel happier. How, how you know, what? how can I get that? What would life look like for me if I could feel exactly the way that I dream about feeling and how would I make that happen so yeah it was a bit of a, a, a huge pivot point where I, I felt really empowered for the first time I don't think I'd ever really felt that in control of my life and what it might be before and what I've learned through that is that when you start to feel those things you feel with it so many other great things it's like you know once you start to feel empowered I started to feel a bit more confident I'm not saying I felt confident overnight I, you know I still have a lot of, of, of um fears and challenges with with confidence 
but it did grow and I did start to feel happier you know I had people commenting God you seem great everyone was giving feedback and saying you look great you know it sounds like you're really enjoying what you're doing and you know I kept thinking but I'm not making any money and I'm not actually <laughs> doing a job but I'm just finding new things and it, it just kind of started to roll from there and it was a really unusual but amazing feeling to have that for the first time and um, so yeah the, the pivot like I say it wasn't necessarily easy and it didn't even bring with it the immediate clarity of oh well this is what I am going to do it just was the progress thing you know where I just started to feel better started to feel more in charge start to get ideas and thoughts mm -hmm. and then it came and yeah so everything you've spoke about with your story as well I do completely associate with you know I, I don't think I had anger as such but I, you know I felt disappointment I felt sad I did feel lost mm -hmm. for lots of different reasons but you know it just gradually became this huge opportunity that mm -hmm. opened a door that I never thought about let alone you know dreamed of opening mm -hmm. and, and I think that's the thing I want to just emphasize at this point that my mentor says sometimes change happens and it seems to be a mess our life seems to be just totally in chaos but we can learn to look at that as a gift that comes wrapped in sandpaper. And when we can shift our energy and look at it that way, then we can begin to see opportunities. All too often when a change happens that is totally unexpected or that is not in alignment with our imagined plan, then it just throws us totally off and we cannot see anything other than failure or negativity or hopelessness. Um, I have gone through all of those myself, but what I have learned, stay the course, keep looking for the bright side because in every instance in my life, when I was, even, even with regard to this podcast, it has, the, the successes have come on the end of what I initially thought were very tragic circumstances. Things that I, challenges that were, that, that just seemed so overwhelming. And that sense of overwhelmness often it 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 um it hurts your heart it it saddens your spirit and so it colors your ability to see what opportunities are there but if you can just stay the course you will begin bit by bit this has been my experience bit by bit to see a little bit of hope there and a glimmer of light there and so you keep moving toward the light and sometimes depending on how hard hit you may be, sometimes the glimmer of light is all is just as simple, but as major as, well, yesterday I felt so depressed because of this, I couldn't get up out of bed. But today I sat up and I even walked to the living room and looked out the window. 
Now, when you, I, I believe you said you have struggled with depression. I have too. And I have been in awe. And I think I'm going to do a, a maybe a series of, of podcast episodes on this. But every person that I have spoken with thus far, with the exception of one, has talked about having to, to deal with depression, um, which I'm beginning to think maybe there is a word, worldwide epidemic on, of a different nature. And it is perhaps being triggered by things that are going on in society. I don't know. I'm not that kind of doctor, y'all. But I'm just saying that when you when when there's such a common theme, then there's something to be addressed, something to be looked at. And so, so perhaps that is a topic for a different set of conversations. But back to you, Nicola. I'm so excited. So now we're at that point. You have decided kind of shakily, but you're still you're moving. You're making the turn, right? Because pivot is all about turning. Sometimes we take two steps to the left. Sometimes we take two steps to the right. We get there, we look, we go, uh, not quite right. We, we back up a couple of steps. We go forward. Life is that way. So you're making the pivot. It's still one of the things that you emphasize that I want to emphasize to the listeners is oftentimes when we're moving into that greatness space, we don't know exactly what it's going to look like. And that's okay. We have the end goal in mind, but we have to be open to the divine in terms of how it works out. And so you made the turn and it's a year out and you're looking back and you see all of the things that you have accomplished. And you think, I remember that conversation I had with Dr. Sue. I need to call her and tell her, all of these great things that I've done. And so you pick up the phone and you go, da, 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 and I answer. And it's like, oh, Dr. Sue, Dr. Sue, I am so excited. This last year has been so phenomenal. I, and what will you tell me? I know exactly what I would tell you. I would say I've worked with so many women this year. I've helped so many women to build a stronger life, to feel happier and healthier. You know, I've really broke through with the message of what health and wellness is and why it's so important to everybody, especially to women. And um, I'd be telling you about some of the breakthroughs that I've had with women, you know, how they've built new habits and how they're loving their life. And, you know, they know the value of moving their body and eating well and getting enough rest and recovery and being kind to themselves. So, yeah, just and. Linking to what you just said, um, leading up to this question around, you know, you don't necessarily know exactly what your plan is, but you have that end goal inside. That was something that I started to work on quite early on after the redundancy was what is my vision and, and getting that vision and really picturing it. And I did some work on myself and my mindset with some coaches who were who were great women and we have a great community and and they did some exercises that I'd never really done before where you really picture that vision mm -hmm. not just picture it you, you smell it you feel mm -hmm. it you, know, you use your senses to put yourself where it is you want to be and I used to 
and well I do I am now you know sitting there really trying to imagine that feeling of of knowing where I've got to and so yes a year down the line I can I can really say this is what I would want to be saying to you because I've got that vision and that's my purpose my why and you know I've got this vision for further down the line in five years time I hope to be telling you that I've got a number one best-selling Amazon book and that I'm on TV interviews and that I'm reaching people globally you know I've got that that vision because that's what's driving me forward and then you can work backwards from there and say well what does that mean today and like you said if all it means is getting up out of bed and walking to the window then that's great that's a success but you know have that vision and then you can break it down and make that you know what you plan to do in your week in your day in your month your quarter you know however you work and um, but yeah I, I really believe that in a year's time that's the conversation you and I could have that's wonderful. And let's just pause for a minute and talk about this thing that you, I think you are alluding to without labeling it, which is the law of attraction and manifesting. How do you do that? And I think that I will not say that there's misinformation. I won't judge in that way. I will say that oftentimes I think that when a person hears about the law of attraction or about manifesting, that they don't have a full understanding of that process, which you alluded to. I think for some people, there is a misconceived notion that I think about it and it's just going to come to me. Well, no, not quite right, y'all. That ain't quite right. You still got, you got to invest in yourself. You've got to put the work in. Um, you, it's like the, the universe is giving back to you what you're giving to it. You don't put any energy in, you're not going to get any energy back. But in terms of how this law works, my understanding, and correct me if I'm not right or if there's something different but my understanding is that when you do the work of identifying what it is that you want and you work backwards you really are just identifying what you think the steps are to get it then in addition to that's just the first thing then the next thing you have to do is actually see it in your mind this is the visualization part it's like if you are, it's the difference between sitting in the front row of a movie theater and watching the movie play out on screen or actually being in the movie on the screen. And so for the visualization, you have to see yourself having already arrived at where you want to be. But it's not just enough to have arrived. Here's the third thing. You got to see it be it, smell it, taste it. You gotta, if there's music playing where you are, you gotta feel the music, you gotta hear the music. If you are a dancer, you gotta be dancing. If you're a writer, you gotta see yourself actually writing and doing, what is it, you know, if you're having a, whatever that moment is relative to how you will, you will feel when you have achieved success, you have got to be there now as you are moving forward toward that goal. So that's 
the way I look at the law of attraction. That's the way I understand the manifestation. And in my own life, just as an example, I I look back over my quote unquote success record. I remember when I decided that I was going to law school. It was so quote unquote interesting. Weird is the word that popped into my mind, but I'm more careful about my language these days. It was interesting. I had a situation at work and I decided this is unacceptable. I'm not staying in this position anymore. I looked around at, I was an investigator for the public defender's office. So I look around at what the attorneys are doing and I go, I can do this. I'm going to law school. That day that I made that decision, I started to tell people I'm going to law school. And I remember someone asking me, which law school are you going to? And I said, Florida State University. And they said, oh, you've gotten accepted. I said, no, I haven't applied yet. <laughs> well, how do you know you're going? I'm going, I'm going to dip, you know, I, I'm going to research it. I'm going to do everything. And I did, I kept my little file with all of my steps in it that I needed to do. I reached out and I, I made the application. My test scores were not great. I went to Florida State University. I graduated in 1983 after two and a half years of a three-year program. So you got to see, and I actually, there was a time when I had some doubt at the end of that first term because it was hard, y'all. It was hard. And I was in a world that I was totally not comfortable with. And, and, and as they said to us on that first day, wherever you came from, you were the cream of crop. But look around you, all of the cream is here and it can't all be on the top. There has to be a redistribution. And there my doubt set in because am I going to, am I still going to be able to rise to the top, right? But I made a decision. I may not rise to the top, but that sure as hell ain't going to be on the bottom. I'm getting out of here with what I came for. And in that moment, I could see myself across the stage. I'd never been to a hooding situation for uh, graduation for uh, a law school, but I saw myself. God gave me the vision. And that was what carried me through those days that I had to sit there and study when the whole world was still having Thanksgiving dinner. I was at my table. So greatness comes. It's yours. You can have it, own it, but you got to invest in yourself. So, Nicola, I'm sorry, Nicola, what, um, when you think of all of the resources that you have available to you, what was your best book and or resource that helped you move through the process to become the great you that you are now? Well, I came across Mel Robbins um, last year. And so I've, I've only really been in her audience for probably about four or five months now, but she had a massive impact on me. And I found her at a point where I think our kind of worlds collided at the right time. And she was launching our latest book, The High Five Habit which I just absolutely loved. And, you know, that whole message of looking at you in the mirror and saying you're great, you know, that you love yourself. Mm -hmm. I know this, this to some people might seem really strange and it still feels slightly uncomfortable for me, but you need to be your own cheerleader. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and I wasn't my own cheerleader. I was just plodding through life, existing, being paid every month, you know, making the most out of what I could financially to do the best things I could with my family and friends and, and so on. And didn't really ever have time to stop and think, 
is this really what I want? So having, you know, those first few months after redundancy of starting to feel empowered and driving change and working out what I was going to do, when I came across Mel and her whole ethos and, you know, way of coaching and explaining things just really helped me with my own mindset and way of thinking. You know, she talks a lot about her own journey through anxiety and panic and picking herself up right from the bottom. And, you know, she's obviously hugely successful um, now and, and really sharing the message to help others have their own success, whatever that is. So, yeah, I just really enjoyed Mel and her um, latest book, The High Five Habit, and just that whole message of supporting you and acknowledging what you're doing, even if it's just that you did the washing or the ironing or you went yes. to the shops and, and that's something that I speak about a lot in my community as well because you know people tend to go to the negative first of everything they didn't get done off their list or you know what didn't go well at work that day and all the things they've got to do tomorrow but we, we very rarely pause and go oh actually today I got this done and I mm -hmm. did that well and I made even better progress on this or you know whatever it might be so yeah just that really resonated with me and I love hearing her speak as well I think she's a really powerful speaker that can have such a profound impact. Yeah I um I just discovered Mel Robbins and someone had told me about her before but I think that the universe attracts the people that you need in terms of mentors when you're ready for them. That old saying about when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Um, I wasn't quite ready for her then, but I found her, I guess, about a couple of months ago. And I really love what she does, right? Um, the, 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 you know, the, the thing about high-fiving yourself. As you were speaking, I thought, we're not program for that mm. we society tends to say if you pat yourself on the back then you're conceited you're you know so so we are programmed to let other people tell us that we did something good or not but we are also and i heard one of my favorite coaches is Rich Litvin, L-I-T-V-I-N. I absolutely love him. I found him on YouTube, but he um, he shared the story in an email, I think a couple of weeks ago. And basically he says that we are programmed, innately programmed to go to the negative. And so he tells the story about uh, how he shared with his, I think it's his seven-year-old son about this woman who has her baby in a stroller and it's a beautiful day and they're out and she's she's pushing the baby down the sidewalk and they get to the point of crossing the street and the baby begins to uh cross the street and he he leaves it open at that point to the child to say his son to say so what happened <laughs> and that the, the son says and they got crashed they were smashed <laughs> And his point was, even at an early age, we're already programmed to see the negative. And so to your point, when we we have to practice, we have to learn how to look into the mirror and see who we be. 
I and I frame it in my own writing and my own thoughts as looking into the mirror of your mind to see who am I. One of the hardest things for me to do initially was to look at myself, to look into my own eyes in the mirror. You know, for most of us, we look at our hair, our makeup. Uh, if a man, he's looking at his mustache, you're looking at all of the everything physical. What we don't look at is in our eyes. I believe truly the eyes are the windows to the soul. And when you can't look into your own soul, then that's a problem. You can't look into your own soul. You can't connect with your greatness because the greatness is within you. Who is the me? And yes, I know that's grammatically incorrect, but I love this. I'm going to say it because that's my thing. Who is the me that I be? Who is the me that I want to be? And what do I have to strip away in order to get to the core of my being so that I can rebuild me? And it doesn't mean when you're looking at all of these labels and masks and learnings that you have, it doesn't mean that you trash all of them. No, what it means is that you make a conscious decision. This works for me or it doesn't. It works or it doesn't. Yeah. So it's a it is a really alien thing for most humans to do to look at themselves and to like themselves and i think we're all work in progress at any stage of our life no matter how happy we might be or you know how much love we might have for ourselves but i would really urge people to just think about that when do you recognize you and what you are doing and bringing into your life and and so on it's something that we definitely need to put more value about and teach our kids about because like in your example you know at school you're not taught anything about your mindset about gratitude uh, you know all of the things that as you aged and you've come across only because of the challenges you've had in your life you realize you really do need to start learning and doing and, and incorporating into your you, you know your day and your lifestyle and so on so yeah I think um there's a lot to be said for like you said looking at yourself right in the eyes and really tapping into who you are and who you want to be we we look in the mirror and in the physical mirror at least this was my experience initially I looked in and my eyes automatically went to everything that I didn't like yeah. And when I thought about it, it was everything that I, I didn't like based on the programming that I had received. Because when I look at me, I don't see the picture of, quote unquote, beauty that the media puts out there. Right. And so I began to pick myself apart. And one of the things we have to do if we really are going to exist in the sea of greatness that we are is to begin to look at ourselves and love ourselves in every aspect, in every way, which this that's a conversation for a whole nother day, because most of us don't know how to do that. Earlier this year on Facebook, I did a series of Facebook lives and, and it was called uh, a 40 day self love feast. And I was just very, very raw and authentic. I had to look at myself. I think I know how to love myself, but that process just showed me, hey, I, I, there's some work to be done here. And so all of the things that we are talking about, although we've been hitting on different topics, they all come back to who is the me that I be? Who is the me that I want to show up as? Because that is the me that's going to 
uh, be the great one that I decided that I am. So, Nicola, if you would share with our audience what it is you do, what's your service or product that you provide, and how can they reach you if they want to tap into their own greatness by using the processes that you describe? Yeah, so my business is called Life Now Coaching, and it is what it says on the tin. It's about life now. So, you know, I really believe that we need to stop and say more about who we are now, what our life is, what it can be, and really trying to get the most out of every day. So I work with mainly women. I do work also with groups in, you know, community groups or corporate groups. And I run programs and the main one being my signature program, which I run in groups or on a one to one basis. And that's really taking you through a holistic look at how well you are versus how well you want to be, mm. how you want your life to be. And so we tap into, you know, that big vision about what you want your life to look like and, and what the why is behind that. So that's the key to unlocking the, the route there is to really find your why and get really connected with that um, and I work on all aspects of health and well-being so the main ones are movement nutrition sleep stress and mindset so mindset is the big one because so many people say oh I'm going to start a diet on Monday or I'm going to start going to the gym next month and they might start but they probably won't get the change or, or impact from it that they want. And that's because they haven't connected to the why, they haven't worked that out. They just know that maybe, you know, they want to feel more confident in their body or they want to lose weight or they know that they struggle to walk up a flight of stairs without getting out of breath. So, you know, they have a reason, but that reason isn't enough to get them where they really want to be. So we, we really work in my programs to get really clear on that because then we can build the right plan to build the right habits. And I talk about habits a lot because habits are so powerful. That habit of looking in the mirror, like you said, and seeing only the bad things that you see in yourself. You know, that all of these habits that are with us every day, which we don't realise are having such a negative impact on our happiness our success our health and well-being so you know we we really nail down the goals and the clarity on your why so that you can start to break some of the damaging habits and build new habits because once you've got them habits and and that's you know what I've learned through my own personal journey is once you have them habits it's not a chore you don't have to make time you don't have to remember to do things it just becomes who you are and, and this is what it's all about, as I started with, it's life now, being you, living your life now the way you want. So that, that's the kind of coaching I do. And you can connect with me on Instagram's the main place that I like to hang out. So at life now underscore coaching, but you can just search for life now coaching and I'll pop up. I'm open to messages and yeah, I love people to just you know, chat, let me know if any of the posts I put out resonate with them. I'm on Facebook as well. So I've got a free group um, in there called Happy Strong Women. 
because that's what I'm hoping to, you know, enable women to become is really happy and strong in their life. So there's lots of tips, inspiration and advice and support in the group there. Um, so yeah, just find me on Facebook or Instagram. And I also have the blog. So I write a blog now every other week and it moved on from the redundancy journey into different aspects of mm -hmm. just well-being it's kind of always linked a bit to what's going on in my life or things mm -hmm. that have happened so you know it helps get to know me a bit more but lots in there about different topics that you can probably resonate with and get something from all of this sounds so delicious so delicious it's like you know one of the things i'm having to fight against on um, as i'm doing this pod podcast is i want to be in everybody's programs <laughs> it's like i can use that i need that that sounds good <laughs> like, i just need to go to the uk so that i can be in the coldest program everybody has such good stuff so listen, if any of the guests resonate with you in terms of what they're doing, if these programs that Nicola has um, described resonate with you, go, call, contact. Uh, I was making a note. It's it's all, like, yeah, it's all online as well. So you can be anywhere in the world. Obviously now we've you know come a long way since COVID with technology. And that's the great thing is, you know, you can connect like you and I did with people who live somewhere completely different absolutely absolutely so on ig it's the life now um you're at life now life now coaching yeah life now coaching and on facebook your group one more time is happy strong women happy strong women i love that i love that so ladies guys I'm going to drop all of this information, obviously, in the show notes, so it'll be there for you. Uh, our guest has been phenomenal. I have loved every moment. Thank you again for sharing your time with us and for sharing your journey. Um, you know, I was with you when you were, quote unquote, made redundant. But more importantly, I am with you now as you are you've made that pivot and you are stepping into your greatness. Um, I, I love the fact that you have shared with the audience that, hey, y'all, it ain't easy. And yes, I had doubts, I had concerns, but I am doing it anyway. Have I reached that point of being the great me? No, but this is what I've learned. It's an evolving and continuing journey. And you will know how great you really are at the end, wherever that is. At this point, I think one of the things that Nicola is saying, and I totally agree with, live now, enjoy now, every moment, because it is the process. It is the process uh, that gives you the greatness. It is the process that gives you the fullness of life. When yeah. you get to the end, you don't stop. That's where you just show up full-bodied and share all you've got, but you share along the way too, because your forward movement or your step to the side may be just what somebody else needs to see that, well, yeah, they took that step to the left, pivoted and came back to the right. It's okay. It is to be expected. If I am going down a particular path, and I because I learn as I go down these paths, and the scenery turn changes along the way, 
It is my right. I have the opportunity, the obligation to me and to whoever, the public that I serve, to take all of that in, into consideration and make a pivot if I need to. You know, I think all too often we think pivot means failure, but no, pivot means that I've got a foundation underneath me. Everything that came before this is my foundation. I now have an opportunity to step into a new space and become great. So at this point, Nicola, what words of advice and or encouragement do you have for the listeners? So I'm going to use Nike here and quote something because as you were talking, uh, this jumped into mind. Um, you know, Nike are famous for their slogan, there is no finish line. Mm-hmm. And I think so many people pin their happiness or their success or, you know, they'll only feel the way they want to feel when they get to a certain thing whatever that thing might be so that you know that's their imaginary finish line it might be or when I get married or when I get that job or when I buy that house then I'll be happy and you know there there is no finish line in our life until we get to the very end of it and quite often we don't even know that that's happened and you know we've reached the end so you know not not to be too deep about it but there really is no finish line. And so you have to enjoy the journey, enjoy the moments, feel, you know, the reward and the success and the celebration along the way. And just, yeah, find find a way to live the life that you want now, not when you get what it is you think you need to feel that happiness. And um, so, yeah, I think hopefully you can take something away from that and just reflect on where you are in your own life and and how you can maybe just adjust you know small things little steps and thoughts initially and start really grabbing hold of that happiness right now oh that is so true (laughs) Watch, watch this that is so true yours truly is an example of what she's talking about and I'm just going to say this and then we'll transition into the out part of the program. But I spent most of my life in school getting the next degree, getting the next certificate, doing the next thing. And at every opportunity, once I achieved it, because I can't think of really anything that I said I was going to achieve that I didn't. But once I achieved those outward markers of success, this is what I learned. The joy that I thought was going to be there, the happy ever after, it wasn't there. I looked around at some of my peers and the difference between them and me is that they too achieved their goals, but they had fun along the way. I didn't have fun. I like to think that if I had the opportunity to do it all over again, knowing what I know now, I would have done it differently. I still would have exercised the discipline. I still would have stayed focused. I still would have stayed on track to achieve what I thought was the goal, but I would have taken time off, as they say, to smell the roses. I would have reconnected with nature. I would have spent more time with people that were important in my life. I would have spent more time with me, just sitting in the quietness and connecting with my own soul. I didn't do that. I can't take those years back. I can't redo that. Hey, but what I can do, 
That's what I'm doing now. I'm learning to play the flute because I always wanted to learn learn how to play the Native American flute. I love going to the river just to be. I love being outside, moving about. I'm doing those things. So a part of greatness is connecting with yourself and feeding you all of that stuff, feeding your spirit what you need. So if you get to the end and you didn't enjoy the process, what you're going to feel like is a sand just sifting through your fingers. And that's not what we're about, right? So um, we, we've come to the end of our show. I have absolutely loved everything that we've discussed. Nicola, I do appreciate you taking the time to come on. Uh, I'm going to drop your information into the show notes and let them know how they can reach you. Guys, I ladies, I always, you know, guys is just that generic thing, but I'm mindful these days that I have to also include ladies so that you don't feel that I'm doing whatever it is, you know, I'm just saying. But that said, I am Dr. Sue. I am a greatness life coach. Uh, I'm the host of this podcast, Pivot to Greatness. I do it because I love you. I do it because when I look back over my life and the things that I have accomplished, I realized that there was so much more greatness that I didn't achieve because of the stories that I told myself of I can't, I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I don't know enough. And so I bring you guests from all walks of life, from all over the world who will share their journeys, share their stories, share their challenges, their ups, their downs their pivot points to help you understand that, hey, it's a process. Connect with yourself and keep going. They also share with you words of advice and encouragement so that if there's a particular episode that resonates with you, a particular guest, reach out, connect with them on Facebook, connect with them on Instagram, whatever their social media platform is, connect with them. They have services, they have resources, and they are all here because they want to serve you. So without further ado, I'm going to leave you. Um, I'll be back. Uh, You can find me at www.synergistichealingcenter.com. You can find me on all of the social media platforms as at Dr. There's no R, D-R, I mean, there's no period, Dr. Sue Carter-Collins. And until next time, I leave you with a lot of love, recognizing that there's greatness within you. It comes at a cost. Invest in yourself. Namaste. Namaste.